Yo, what is going on, everybody? Happy Wednesday hump day. Woo! One of my favorite days of the week. Still have that camel commercial imprinted in my mind where the camel is walking around and saying hump day to its co-workers. Every Wednesday, I wake up, I think of that. But what's going on, guys? This is the Power Hour. This is the Trade Idea Show. I am ready to get after it. Big lineup today. We're, 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 we're going to do a couple things today. So, so we're, we're going to take 10 minutes, and, and I want to try to run through maybe five names, five stocks over the course of those 10 minutes. Um, and I'm going to open it up with this global question, too. Uh, and, and, I, and maybe I'm projecting, but I haven't been trading nearly as much over the past couple of weeks as I typically do. I, I don't know if you've noticed that, AB, or if anybody out there has noticed that, but I'm usually pretty, like, you, you can put me in for, for laying down a few swing trades a week, and, and I'm at close to zero o- o- over the past couple of weeks. I'm still on top of everything. I still know what my positions are doing. I'm closing things out. But, but I'm curious if other people go through that, too. Like, do you hit periods where... You're, you're, you're hyper trading, you're, you're trading your normal level, and, and then you're not trading at all. I, I, I'm, I'm curious if anybody else has thoughts there, because that's where I've been. But today's the day, AB. T- let's today's make, the day to hit some. Let's make some trades, Luke. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I go through I, I'm ready to go. I need to put some things on. And you know part of the reason why? Why is that? What are we doing Saturday? Saturday, we will be in Orlando for the FinTwit Conference. Um, so if you're unfamiliar with FinTwit, essentially it's financial Twitter. Uh, you know, a lot of people have made a name for themselves on so-called FinTwit over the past year, year and a half during COVID. Um, and a lot of the big names in the FinTwit community will be there. Uh, this event was put on by, by Jonah Lupton, um, you know, who he himself is pretty big on FinTwit, has about half a million followers. So I'm going to drop the link in the chat for the FinTwit conference. If you're in the area, um, make the trip up to Orlando because Luke and I will be there. Uh, we'll, we'll be making some live trades in Orlando. No, got to be crypto because it'll be over the weekend. Yeah, it's, but, it's got to be crypto. The market's closed. You know, everyone on FinTwit's been talking about Shiba, of course, after, uh, you know, C- CEI. Let's, let's look at CEI today, Luke. A CEI yesterday had a terrible day. Uh, Camber Energy. This oh, has been oh, one of the, you one see, of the favorite. I got something for you. I might be putting on some crypto trades in Orlando live. We might have to, to, to do some streaming when we're up there. Let's do check, it. Yeah, we, we, we check, should. Check this out, AB. Look what I just saw when I just logged into my interactive brokers. Finally, I've been waiting for this. Let, let me know when you can see my screen. Trade popular that. crypto. Trade Bitcoin, Ethereum, and more at Paxos through the IBKR Woo! platform. I wonder if they have Sheeb. Shiba Inu. All right, so I'll have to figure that one out. Um, but all right, T- today we, we have, let's see, we, we have a little bit less than 10 minutes to, to smack some swing trades down in the chat. I'm, I'm like back, I'm back. I'm feeling myself. I'm ready to get after it again. I'm ready to, to take on the stress and, and start laying some trades down. Uh, so if anybody has setups, you have swings, drop them in the chat. We're, we're going to look at them now and, and, and put some positions on. I already have one queued up that I want to hit producer AB. Uh, do you know which one that is? Um, I'm going to go ahead and guess Palantir, ticker uh, PLTR. This is one that we, we've hit a few different live trades on. Palantir is up about 2.5% today. I've been watching it. Um, and, and, you know, it, it looks looks strong from a technical standpoint, Luke. I mean, we've, we've had some different periods of consolidation um, hanging out around this range that it's been trading in for the past six months or so. 
Um, ever since February, of course, back February, the stock ran all the way up to 38, nearly $40. And since then, it's been kind of trading in that, uh, you know, 20 to $25 range. So the stock's at twenty-three, $23.64 right now. Yeah. And so, so, so here, here's the chart on Palantir, guys. Uh, we got a huge pop after hours of somewhere in the neighborhood of 10% after hours yesterday. Uh, that, that was on the heels of the company announcing a, a big U.S. military contract. Uh, we are sense coming down again. This is a two-day chart, five-minute candles we're looking at. Let me zoom us out. Now, here is our one-year chart. And, and you know, we haven't traded this stock in quite a while. And again, guys, if you have swing trades, drop them in the background or drop them in the chat. And, and we're going to check them out over the next few minutes. Uh, Palantir, great stock to sell puts against. I, I would say one of my favorites. Yeah, and and the stock was uh, performing well off some news earlier in the week that it, that it signed a new government contract. Of course, the government contracts are a huge source of revenue um, for Palantir. So I, I think when both things align, Luke, uh, some strong-looking technicals as well as some good news, I love it. I love the trade. So I'm looking at this 23 level here. There's obviously some support there, but there's not a long history on it. And there's not a ton of juice in these puts. Yeah, I think last For 23, we... you get 60 cents. So so that means your break even on the trade is 22.40. And, and you have nine days on that. Thoughts on that one, AB? It's oh, not okay. great. So Shelly just said someone on pre-market prep said the contract was old news and they just rehashed it. Um, I, I trust the guys on, on, on pre-market prep, but, uh, Luke money, Mitch just, just came in and dropped us some news. Let's check out GM stock real quick. Cause Mitch says that GM says it will double annual revenue by 2030 to 280 billion in digital push, um, to be seen more oh, like I've Tesla. got a great trade actually to put on in a second here, AB. Okay. But keep going. I just remembered one from this morning. I was just reading the news on, on GM. So it sounds like GM came out and said, you know, had some positive news in regards to its revenue. Um, I don't know how the stock is reacting. It looks like it's in the red. So I like um, this. Th this is news that the stock should be up on. It it's a stock like GM, right? It's, it's not a stock that moves, but it should still be up on this. I love trading news arbitrage. This is one of those ones. Let's see. If there, is there any analyst ratings out on this yet? No. When, when is our earnings report? So, so if there's no analyst commentary that's out on this stock yet, it will come. After claims like that, 10-5, yeah, we have nothing yet. This, this is one to, to try to, to hit a lick on with. Yeah, so I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see some analysts come in and upgrade off this news. And then, of course, you know, the stock might get a bounce off those analyst ratings. So if we front run the analysts, um, I, I, I like that. Um, who's Mitch is saying he likes his pumpkin. This is this is my this is my friend. I named him Tony. Um, not a real jack lantern, but I'm, I'm looking forward to getting some pumpkins and actually carving them uh, this fall. I, I haven't done that the past few years, so this year I'm definitely going to try to make it a point to to go out and get some real pumpkins and uh, do some carving. All right, I'm I'm hitting a GM a GM trade AB. So, 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 so I'm going 54 calls, 54 strike calls, nine days out, $1.15. I, I think that this is pretty easy money. We will get an analyst commentary on this. When I'm buying it 50 cents uh, above where the stock is at, we, we, we get a 2 3% move in this thing. We are golden. 
Love it. I mean, we don't need much. And 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 again, my my bet that I'm making is that we're going to get analyst commentary out about this one after the close today or before the open tomorrow. That's going to give us enough of a lift for that two three percent, and that makes this a good trade. Two two three percent on the stock. I I, I love it. I think that pushes a, that pushes the stock up to fifty four fifty. 55 we're already in the money we still have over a week i'm hitting it give me opinions you guys like that gm trade i told you i'm putting some trades down today all right we have time for one more ab yep we do we got another hot one i'm going big on this one voyager all right voyager digital stock stock is down today stock is down over the past several days check it out this is the one year chart Right, we we look now. We're looking from April highs down to now. The stock is a third of what it was. Why is the stock down today? Check it out. Uh, they gave us preliminary revenue for Q3 September. So so let's look at the headline number, and then I'm going to tell you why I actually like this name off of the news that we got. So 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 headline number for for Q3: 63 to 67 million dollars of revenue is what the company came out and said that they're going to do. Okay, compare that to the last quarter. They did 109 million. That's a haircut. That that's like what a 45 percent haircut, something along those lines. Bad year over year basis. I mean, the previous year is almost non comp. The the company has been been growing so quickly. Um, but but again, stock is reacting to this. Okay, uh, but but here here's the sentence that I'm pulling out of the commentary that I think makes this this company really interesting. As we continue to develop staking capabilities, we expect that reward and yield revenue will generate a minimum of 40 to $50 million of rewards for the December quarter. So that's Q4. That's the quarter that we're in now. We started in October, November, December. So, so they're saying that they're going to do 40 to $50 million uh, of this revenue in Q4. Um, we, we did not get the breakout of transaction revenue specifically for Q3, but, but I'm going to say that, that, that if transaction revenue, it used to, transaction revenue used to be like 90% of the revenue. Let's say now it's, it's down to half of the revenue. Okay. So if they're doing 30 million a quarter, uh, in, in transaction revenue, CEO is coming out and saying they're going to do 40 to 50 million, uh, in, in staking revenue, he wouldn't make that claim if he didn't feel good on, about it, right? He came out, said it in a public forum, said it in a press release, and now you have to actually deliver on it. There is at least $70 million of, of revenue right there. Uh, plus, we're getting a nice crypto bull run today. Stock is down. Bitcoin is way up today. Um, let, let's go and pull up our heat map for a second. Uh, Benzinga.com slash crypto... All right, so 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 here's our heat map. For that reason, 10% on Bitcoin stock is down. Plus, we 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 got that news out of, about the the December revenue, right? The guidance takes a second to set in sometimes, but it always matters more. For that reason, I like the Voyager Digital Trade AB. Yes, no, maybe so. Sorry, I was on mute. I, I think we, we've seen a, some of the different mining stocks and crypto specific, specific stocks kind of lag behind um, Bitcoin recently. So I think if we see Bitcoin break above um, this, you know, $52,000 level, I think this is uh, on which, which we have in the past two days. So right now, Bitcoin's at 54000 If we see it, you know, get back up to those previous highs of 60, 
you know, thousand around there. All these stocks, in my opinion, should get back to their to their all time highs. Yeah, and 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 let's talk about the valuation. Shoot, we got to go. We're behind schedule already. All yeah, right, one more minute. One more minute. One we'll more minute. Peter on from from Pyrogenesis. Yep. All right, so if we talk about the valuation for a second. Let's just go look at the market cap. So market cap one point four billion yesterday. Today, let's call it one point two billion on a on a ten percent decline. You, you have a stock that's doing. We're saying quick and back of the napkin math. We can model it all out, but back of the napkin, we're saying that it's doing seventy million a quarter. Oops. 70 million a quarter, four quarters, a $300 million run rate. That, that's a four times price to sales. And we're talking about a company that did what? 30 million in all of 2020. It's cheap to me, baby. I'm going. Love it. Let's do it. We're getting back into the Voyager heavy. trade. Of course, this is one that Luke was in very early. And then oh, one... I got blocked. Let me try the what? Canadian symbol. I don't know, man. I don't know. They don't, want us, they don't want us to win, like DJ Khaled would say. I can trade the Toronto listing, though. Jeez, oh, peds, oh. All right, there we go. All right, I've rambled on long enough. The, 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 those are the trades that I'm hitting. There's two on for you. More to come later this week. I'm back. Love it. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and Luke, back to your point earlier, I, I do go through those phases too where I'm kind of hyper trading, making trades every day. And then I'll go a couple of weeks where I don't really do much. And I think it's okay. You know, I think if, um, you know, you're not trading full time, that it's okay to kind of like go through ebbs and flows of trading a lot versus not trading. Um, all right, Luke, without further ado, I want to welcome back on the Power Hour recurring guest, Peter Pascali, CEO of Pyro Genesis, ticker P. Y R. Peter, welcome, welcome back on the Power Hour. Thank you for taking time out of your busy day to join us. Oh, anytime, baby. I love it. I love it. So, so tell me what's new. What's new in the pyrogenesis world? Uh, where did I start, AB? For crying out loud, we've uh, since the last time we spoke, we um, we posted the six month revenues of uh, 60 million, $16 million. That's off of uh, a full year last year of 18 and a year before a 4.8. So you can see the trend in revenues is increasing quite rapidly. Um, we recently announced, we've had 13, I think 13 news, uh, news, news uh, items come out in the past two months. Uh, all of them are huge, huge, huge news items. We've, um, we added $20 million since June 30th, 20, over $20 million of contracts we've announced, contracts that have been added to our backlog, uh, which is already, I think, when we, we announced our backlog at the end of August, it would be about 32 million. I think that was the last time we published it. So everything's going gangbusters. No debt to speak of on our balance sheet. We're sitting on $18 million. We just made an acquisition, AB, a small acquisition, $4.4 million in the uh, renewable natural gas arena, which is really hot, hot market right now. And uh, within a few weeks after, after signing that contract, we landed a $5 million deal uh, in that space. So very exciting. We're doing multiple deals with multi-billion dollar companies. And we're still not followed by an analyst. So you can imagine once people start recognizing us and following us for real, um, the excitement will even uh, quadruple. But, oh, but we are in the past few months, actually, we were put on the Russell, the two small Russell indexes. I think it's a small cap and, uh, and total cap. 
And that's on top of being in uh, Kathy Wood's ARC uh, 3D printing uh, fund ETF. So that we were put on earlier this year. So very exciting time right now for us. Yeah, yeah. Peter, let's go back to that acquisition real quick you mentioned. So so what's yeah. the idea there? Is that just to because you want to get into that um, yeah. field or, or, or what do you hope to, uh, you, you know, what does Pyrogenesis gain from uh, acquiring that company? So, so it's a really sweet deal. I mean, they've got a technology which basically uh, repurposes gases that come off of landfills into what's called a renewable natural gas. And that renewable natural gas is now being man so um, regulator the regulators are now manda mandating that gas pipelines have a minimum amount of renewable natural gas, and we believe there's not enough of these producers in North America. So we see this tsunami of business coming towards us. It's a small company. The guys there were really tired. They're older. They wanted to pass it on to someone. They had a tough time through in COVID. They did not have the engineering depth. Or the, or the history of dealing with multi-billion-dollar companies like we we have the U.S. Navy as our as our client. We have um, uh, in every one of our business lines we're dealing with multi-billion-dollar companies. So we have the expertise of dealing with multi-billion-dollar companies and their and uh, their expectations. We have uh, a, a very we're uh, a, a significant amount of engineers on staff. They were not prepared for the, the tsunami of business that's coming down the pipe in North America. As I said, regulators are mandating that a, a minimum amount of gas in the pipelines come from a renewable source. And these guys are experts at converting landfill gas into renewable natural gas. Yeah, so we un understood. So are there any other plans? Um, I mean, I know you mentioned that there's no debt on the balance sheet, that you have some cash in there. Um, are, are there any active plans for that cash um, you know, that, that you're currently holding right now? Yeah, so we've publicly stated that we, we are looking at, at, at acquisitions. Uh, this was a small one. Uh, maybe it was like $4.4 4. 4 million. Um, we, it came with $10 million of backlog, uh, I think 10 or $15 million of pipeline. Uh, so it was a good acquisition. That's what we're looking for. Things that fit in our target market, which is basically reducing greenhouse gases. All of our offerings reduce greenhouse gases. I'm very conscious of not. I'm very conscious of how acquisitions tend to be uh, dangerous. You know, they, 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 sometimes the fit is not good, and it, it could be the ruin of a company. So my background's in mergers and acquisitions. I used to do that for the Fortune 1000 on Wall Street in the 1980s. So I'm very case, careful. We've looked at several different opportunities in the past. They have to be. They have to be a real deal. So yes, that cash is on our balance sheet, and we will put it to good use over the next uh, few months if we find the right acquisition. So, so with your background in, in mergers and acquisitions, when, when you're looking at a company to potentially acquire, you know, what are you looking at besides, you know, just the standard fin the financials and the balance sheet? So we're looking at, um, it may sound a little um, tree hugging, but we're looking for also the chemistry amongst the players. Can they, can we acquire them and integrate them into our company with relative ease? Because oftentimes that'll be a big stumbling block. Uh, you want to make sure that you can step in and actually take it over. It should everybody leave the next day. So what I'm looking at is an easy acquisition in, in, in that sense. But technically, we want to be able to add some value. So I believe our team can add value in this particular acquisition by uh, creating intellectual property, um, looking at what they're doing and improving upon it. We've got that type of expertise. So we're looking when we make an acquisition, not just for the balance sheet. We're not buying revenues or, 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 or balance sheet. 
what we're actually buying is um, an opportunity to get into a marketplace in a very significant way, very quickly, and bringing in our, as I said, our engineering expertise and, and relationships. Got it. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. I, I don't think that, I mean, I think that sounds, um, you know, just savvy from a business perspective it, that if you... It, it's not a, it's not black and white balance sheet asset. Uh, it's very difficult sometimes to get your head around something like that. But those are the most important elements, I believe, in an acquisition, if it's going to work right. I mean, you have to have the balance sheet. You have to have the uh, the assets and 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 the, and the backlog and, and pipeline. But um, that aside, it's the other things that will make it or break it. I think. Yes. Yeah, so, so uh, Peter, I got the pyrogenesis uh, stock chart pulled up right here. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I can see that since, you know, around looks like mid-July, the stock's kind of been trading sideways in a range, hanging out or at around, um, you know, high threes, $4. Um, wh why do you think the stock has been so steady over the past few months? Um, so, you know, it's very dangerous for me to talk about stock price particularly, but let me try and do it in terms of how I view the company. Uh, the company is, is much better today, much, much better today than it was at the beginning of July. Uh, we've added... A significant amount of contracts. Uh, we've improved the backlog. We've proven that we're turning profitability when we came out with our, our second quarter numbers uh, from a, a, a cash perspective, uh, non-cash. When you take out the non-cash items, we're, we're operating profitably. So it's trending very, very well. We've, we're proving out everything we've said in the past. Um, I believe that, I, I know that there are a lot of shorts out there that don't believe what we're saying. Uh, and you'll see sometimes when we come out with a, with a press release, the stock will just, you know, take off and then and then it'll back down a bit. Um, are you still there? Yeah, you still there? So yeah, uh, yeah so sorry, I, I lost you for a second. I just went. I just I just put you on full screen because you, oh. you were you were talking so well that I wanted. You know. <laughs> so the rest of the time I wasn't talking well, Amy. <laughs> no, no, you were, you were. I just. No, just kidding. But uh, going back to the stock, I mean, basically we look at these shorts as being what I call rocket fuel. I mean, once this thing. We have enough press releases, and it comes off. They, they they cover themselves. It just ends up being rocket fuel, and that's what happened. It's happened several times in the past year as we've gone from about twenty cents up to where we are today. So um, it's it's holding steady. Um, I believe there's a lot of funds and banks buying in right now, and when it when it dips a bit, it, it, they, they 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 keep it they keep it steady. Uh, but a lot a lot a lot of news has come out, uh, which which was not. Obviously, there when in uh, in in the, in the beginning end of June, we've improved. The company's significantly improved since then. That's for sure. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it seems like you know. To me, it's always sometimes like a good sign when you see a stock trading sideways, kind of consolidating. You mentioned there that um, you think some some funds and institutions are buying, which to me is always a a great sign because uh, you know anytime that that someone whose job it is to go out and find stocks to put in a portfolio for clients or, you know, big institutions that they're buying that stock to me, that that's a great sign that, Hey, look, it's not just, um, you know, retail traders like, you, you know, Luke and I that are going out and buying this, that some real institutions are buying it. Um, I see on the chart that it looks like back in, in uh, mid September, about a month ago, we had one day with just, uh, you know, very out of the ordinary volume. Do you know what happened on no. that day? I, press yeah, that was a press release. I can't remember which one. It might have been uh, an interesting one that came out. Uh, we, we've got um, an opportunity in iron ore pelletization where uh, that's where they concentrate the iron ore at the source to replace the burners that they use, which are fossil fuel burners with our, with our, our diesel torches, I mean, our, our plasma torches. 
so our plasma torches have zero greenhouse gases, so replacing them will improve the, uh, the situation and are under a lot of pressure to improve it. So to make a long story short, we, um, we press released that we had uh, uh, opportunities there. People are very excited. And we, I, I think that was the press release, I think it was, where we announced that we had um, um, a second client come and buy torches and gave us, uh, um, so they bought four torches for $6 million. They gave us some insight in that the next, uh, uh, the next group of torches will be for like 130, 130 torches if these torches are successfully in, 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 implemented in their facility. Uh, that's something like, you know, it's like, it's, it's like a, seven is the two, $60 million right there in orders. If you, if you use the net present value of seven millions of torches, like a three quarter of a billion dollar potential order. So that's what kicked it off because it was a second client in that industry that's going forward with the idea of replacing all their, uh, a majority of their uh, uh, diesel burners with our plasma torches. So it's huge news. Was that, that's. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, 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 I found the press release. Yeah, yep. on September 14th, that same day that we saw that big volume candle, um, you know, Pyrogenesis announces $6 million torch order with another major iron ore um, pelletizer. So, so I guess, Peter, we... That was huge news. That was huge news, AB. Huge news. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I, um, and, and I guess we should have started with this, but since, you know, I, we've had you on the show before, so I was familiar, but, you know, for our audience's sake, can we just back up and give a, a brief overview of Pyrogenesis for maybe some, some new viewers today that weren't there for the sure. first appearance? So we're a high-tech company. We use something called plasma, and plasma is um, a, a fourth state of matter. You know, solid. You heat it up, goes to a liquid. Heat it up, goes to a gas. We heat up a gas, it becomes plasma. And plasma is like a the sun is a plasma ball, lightning is a plasma. And what we do is we take gases and we heat them up, and uh, in our torches, and out comes a plasma, a plasma hot plasma. It's like a high-tech hair dryer. You take a gas, you heat it up, it becomes a plasma. So you take these torches and you put them in different systems. And what we've done is um, we have a system on board the U.S. aircraft carrier, which destroys, uh, destroys their uh, garbage. Uh, we have four basic business lines. One's in 3D printing. We convert wires to powders for 3D printing. Uh, GE uses our legacy technology. Um, so in each one of our business lines, we have about four major ones. Where we've teamed up with multi-billion dollar companies. Um, in this particular, situ uh, this particular um, opportunity, it's one of the four, and each one of our opportunities are independent of each other, AB. So, so we've diversified and de-risked the company. But in this one, this one's very, very, very interesting because um, what we found out is that you can replace the diesel burner at an iron ore pelletizer. And as I said, iron ore pelletizers concentrate the iron ore at the source before you transport it. And how they do it is they, they use furnaces that use diesel burners. So furnaces, each one of these furnaces can have 50, up to 50 diesel burners. And each facility can have like a dozen of these furnaces. You're talking thousands and thousands of diesel burners. And what was publicized, uh, because we had a, a project in Sweden that came out and publicized the fact that three things. When they took our plasma torch and replaced the diesel burner, it was a plug and play basically. So that's easy to install. Two, no lost revenues. These furnaces don't have to shut down. They don't have to shut down to re replace our diesel burner, uh, their diesel burns with our torches. And third, when everything's said and done, it looks like it's economical to do. Well, guess what? These iron ore pelletizers are under a lot of pressure to reduce their greenhouse gases from, uh, from uh, environmentalists, from investors, from their board. But more importantly, we didn't realize 
from lending institutions. Lending institutions don't want to lend to these guys unless they meet their greenhouse gas emissions requirements. So there was this huge need in the industry for a solution. And in fact, there's one iron pelletizer in South America that put together a $2 billion program to reduce their carbon footprint. Uh, and they funded it with one and a half billion dollars. They floated a one and a half billion dollar bond, I think it was uh, last summer, about 15 months ago. And they're looking for solutions. And along comes pyrogenesis, who they never knew of, who can actually address this solution economically. And I would suggest, uh, AB, just on the side, this, this, this company that put together a $2 billion fund to reduce their greenhouse gases and their carbon footprint are, are looking at more expensive things to do. Because if they're doing something that, uh, if, if, if something's cheaper, they should be doing it already. So Uncle's Pyro, which can address, we believe, we can address the majority of their issues economically by changing out these plasma, uh, their diesel burns with our plasma torches. So it takes time. They're doing computer simulations. We pass, they're ordering torches. And um, I have to be careful. I have to stay within public information. But the trend in this industry in accepting our plasma torches is 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 on the up, it's on the it's on the it's on the upswing. Everything we're doing, we're ticking the boxes. We've got their attention. We're moving forward. This is huge, 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 huge news for Pyro right now. Yeah. So, so I mean, Peter, it sounds like there are some kind of different um, like facets of the company, different things the yeah. companies are doing. What what's currently driving uh, the most revenue right now? Um, it depends. I, I think it's basically this: it's iron pelletization and dross. Right? They're the two low hanging fruit where. Uh, we can do it on the back of an envelope, and we're well positioned for it. We can pretty much ad address any order of size because we sub a lot of this out to supply to to uh, to contractors. Um, so it's the dross rate and the uh, and the iron ore pelletizer that I, I mentioned are the really the two the two exciting ones right now. Yeah, I mean this is this is exciting because most of the times we don't have <coughs> you know you know public companies on that have a product as cool as a plasma torch. Um, so, so to me, seeing this, you know, being able to invest in something that, that will be able to make a, you know, a good environmental impact, um, help kind of alleviate greenhouse gases and something just that's playing out cool, like a plasma torch to me that that's, um, you know, that catches my eye as an investor. So, so what we say is that we make sustainability sustainable. And what we mean by that is we believe that if you really want to make things sustainable, you have to offer the client something cheaper than what he's doing. It's unreasonable, we believe, to ask companies to do something more expensive to meet their greenhouse gas or carbon, tar uh, carbon uh, footprint targets. I believe we should, as, a, as, as, a, as companies, provide something cheaper. And that's what we do. We are typically cheaper than the legacy technology, and we reduce greenhouse gases. That's how we make sustainability sustainable, by making sure what we offer is better than what they've got, and it reduces greenhouse gases. If you can take away that cost hurdle, it's a, it's a, it's a slam dunk to get things sustainable. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that this is, it's a very interesting opportunity right now with pyrogenesis. So again, um, for everyone out there, ticker is PYR. That is traded on the NASDAQ. Let me get the Benzinga Pro pulled back up on my screen. Um, there we go. There's the chart trading right now at around $4. Um, Peter, anything else that you want to add or anything that maybe investors will have to look forward to throughout the rest of um, this year, maybe into 2021? 
Well, we're very newsy right now. I, as I said, we had 13 press releases in the past two months. If you read them, you'll su it'll suggest what you can expect going forward. I can't promise anything, but it looks good. And by the way, Perfect. I like the way that I put down on GM earlier on. It was excellent. Yeah, I, I mean, hey, look, we, we, we like to, uh, that's what we do here at Benzinga yeah. is we, we break news and we bring news to investors quickly so that investors can, can trade off of that news. So when we see news like that with GM and we see this, the stock price not really reacting as we would expect it to, um, we, we like to trade off that news. Um, so, so thank you again, Peter, for, for coming Thanks, on the Power Hour uh, again today. And, and anytime that Pyrogenesis has news, um, reach out to me, let me know, and, and we'd love to have you back on. Great being here. Look forward to talking to you soon. All the best. All right. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. Bye-bye. All right, y'all. That was Peter Pascali, CEO of Pyrogenesis, ticker PYR. The company's doing some really cool things. Um, go check it out if you have not already. And uh, yeah, with that, we, we do have Gareth Soloway from In The Money Stocks coming on any minute now, just waiting for him to uh, to join in. Um, but let's let's take a look at, at some other uh, stocks that we've been talking about. So Affirm, Michelle just pointed out in the chat that Affirm is just absolutely ripping today, up more than 14% on the day. Um, of course, this stock, so, so the stock went public last, or sorry, January of 2021. So at the very beginning of this year, um, looks like it opened around... Uh, you know, $90, ran all the way up to 130 came back down, ran again up to around 150 and then just got beaten down. And when I say beaten down, I mean, I'm talking it went from 150 down all the way to 48 So that's like 68% down in, you know, three months time. And then, you know, flash forward here, um, this big green candle here is when it was announced that a firm got the Amazon deal. Um, so the stock came back up to around $100, traded down again, and then came back up on it, on its earnings, on its revenue. And, and now the stock is, uh, had, had been trading around this range, $110 or so, and is up more than 14% uh, to the $130 range. Let me see if we have any specific news today on why uh, exactly. So a firm launches adaptive checkout, bringing greater choice and flexibility to merchants and consumers. So it sounds like a firm is... Um, you know, just had made some adjustments to its product or, or service, essentially, uh, you know, buy now, buy now, pay later. Shelly says she's adrenaline pumped right now. Shelly, let us know how you tra traded this. Did you just have common stock or, or were you in on a call or, or, or how are you making money off this today? I'm curious. Um, the stock, so I, I was looking at options for a firm, but the options are very expensive because, um, the, the stock price isn't cheap and it is very volatile. So there's a lot of implied volatility, which makes the contracts more expensive. Um, but yeah, I mean, so here we're looking at a two day chart. We can just see how strong it's been today. Um, let's go back out to the daily candles. If you're not in it yet, if you're not in the trade yet, I think I I I'm going to hang out on the sideline here because this kind of scares me that if we get up to this previous resistance of, of 130. Um, that we could come back down off this news. But if we see something like a double bottom, like a bullish pattern, then I think we could certainly break out. Um, I think the big question, the big line in the sand with a firm will be when and how will we cross this previous high of $148? You know, because if we have good news and we break past that, then we could easily see this stock um, continue to run. But 
right now I'm hanging out on the sideline just in case, you know, this trades off um, tomorrow after, you know, after the news wears off. Let's see. Shelly said that she got an out the money call, bought a $114 call. Wait, 200. You bought a $201 call on this, Shelly? Interesting. Um, other stocks I'm looking at today, let's check back, back in on GM. Of course, Luke bought this earlier today. Um, let's go to the two-day chart. So, yeah, I mean, it does look like this stock bounced off the news, got all the way up to 55 bucks, and then came back down, um, you know, trading slightly, trading higher off of its lows, but still down more than a percent today. I, I think if we see that, we, we need to see this um, continue this strong trend. Um, maybe get back up to this $55 range by end of week. But uh, I like the company long-term. I think a lot of these legacy car makers that are now getting into electric vehicles, will it'll take a while for um, you know the uh, earnings and revenue and all this to reflect that. Um, okay, let's see. Shelly got an $122 strike. There we go. How much was that, by the way, Shelly? Let me, sorry, I, I got to take a second to check in on Gareth, make sure that uh, he's got the links and everything, because he should be, should be coming on here any minute. Um, all right. Well, well, let me know in the chat what you guys are trading at. Just drop some tickers in the chat and we'll pull up the charts on Benzinga Pro um, while we're waiting from Gareth. Again, Gareth Soloway from In The Money Stocks um, should be joining us any minute. And uh, yeah, let's see. Okay, I just got word. Um, Gareth should be joining now, but before he comes on, I want to play a quick little promo we've got. If you guys don't have any Benzinga swag yet, I strongly recommend ordering some. Um, you go to swag.benzinga.com. I'll drop that in the chat. Um, but but check out, we, we, we've just put this together and we've got a bunch of new gear on there. So um, go to the swag store, check it out. Let me know what you like. Uh, there, are a few, there are a few cool pieces on there. I know Shelly was talking about buying some gear. Shelly, let me know when you're ready. I'll, I'll send you a little coupon code. Um, but yeah, check out, check out this little promo and, and let me know what you guys think. just dropped that link in there for swag at benzinga.com. Um, and, and without further ado, looks like we do have Gareth Salway here from in the money stocks. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and bring him on and let me know again in the, in the, in the chat, what tickers y'all are trading. We'll, we'll pull them up on Benzinga pro. We'll check out, um, you know, your, the charts and, uh, yeah, without further ado, let's welcome Gareth back on to the back. <laughs> Gareth, how's it going? Welcome back to the Benzinga Power Hour. Hey, thanks for having me back. It's so great to be here. It's always great to have you. Yeah, so um, real quick before we get started, can you just tell our audience a little bit about In The Money Stocks? 
Sure. In the Money Stocks, we formed it in 2007, just before the financial collapse. That was really uh, where we made our name, considering we positioned our, our members at that time on the right side of the market being short. And we've just been doing our thing for the last, you know, now 14 years. And uh, we're technical traders. We really just try to keep emotion out of it. We look at the charts, let the charts tell us whether to go long or short or sit on the sidelines. And um, and that's really how it how it how it's come to, to be. So uh, it's great to be here. And, and uh, thanks for having me for sure. Yeah. And so so, Gareth, last time you were on the show, we were talking about um, the China trade. I've got Alibaba's chart pulled up. And last time, you know, we were kind of in agreement that we thought the stocks had gotten a little too beaten down. And of course, since then, um, the stocks have just continued to get beaten down. Have yeah. you changed your tune on on the China trade? Or are you still in the boat that you're like, hey, look, you know, I understand the risks out there, why these have gotten beaten down, but enough is enough. He's got to come back up sometime. Yeah. So, so a couple things. Number one, absolutely. Yeah. We were, we were talking about the bullish, you know, potential bullish move up that hasn't materialized. I think more so because of the Evergrande situation where there's the worry that there's going to be contagion, not so much in the global picture, but more so domestically in China where the economy could suffer. And then, and then investors or, or, or consumers may not be so into buying, you know, products from Alibaba, for instance, but overall, um, this is, again, the valuation here is just the biggest no-brainer. Since we talked last, I've accumulated even more. Just uh, just a couple days ago, I picked up more Alibaba. I love the price action today. Markets are down. Alibaba's up. Yesterday, it had a nice little reversal day. And one of the things that I spotted was um, Charlie Munger actually almost doubled his position in Alibaba, going uh, raising it by 88% um, you know, uh, at, at $148 a share, I believe he he picked up almost doubling his share. So anytime you get someone like attached to, you know, um, Warren Buffett doubling up their share size in it, you know, to me, it's like, who am I to say, oh, it's going to keep going down. I mean, these guys are the biggest fish in the room. We got to trust them. So I'm in the camp that it's going to go higher. Um, I think that, again, we'll look back and say these were generational lows on these stocks. And uh, I'd much rather be in these names than any domestic U.S. companies right now, considering the outlook here in the U.S., yeah, so, so so let's touch on that real quick. But before we do that, um, you, you know, you mentioned that the price action today, kind of the relative strength against the market. So if you look at SPY, um, let's check in on that. Uh, SPY is down about three quarters of a percent, down 70, or 0.75, and, and, and Alibaba's up. So to you, is that like always a good sign for you that if you see a stock that's up when the market is down, you're like, okay, this is showing relative strength. Um, you know, that gives you conviction that if you buy this now and the market's up tomorrow, that the, that stock is going to be up or how do you look at that? Yeah. So relative strength is definitely important. Um, what you don't want to do is necessarily trust just one specific day. I like to see multiple days in a row where it outperforms coming off a low and that'll kind of give me confidence that that low was a major low being put in. So, so today it's great to see. Um, I'd like to see that happen again tomorrow. Let's say the markets are flat tomorrow. If Alibaba could eke out a 1% gain, even that's relative strength. That tells you there's accumulation going on there from, from players that are kind of ignoring the overall S&P and the NASDAQ, but specifically buying uh, names like Alibaba. So yeah, for sure, just multiple days of that you'd want to see first. Got it. Yeah, that makes sense. So um, let's, let's go back to something you said. You, know, you, you mentioned the U.S. outlook. Um, and, and I imagine that's going to raise some eyebrows, essentially saying you'd rather buy um, Chinese names right now than U.S. names. Why is that? How do you see the U.S. outlook right now um, and, and kind of long term? 
Yeah. So, I mean, the U.S. outlook to me, it's it's we had this major reopening GDP growth, six, eight percent. But all of a sudden, the forward projections for GDP are getting lowered to one to two percent. And now you're fighting the, the inflationary bug of eight percent, seven percent. Even the Federal Reserve said next year is likely going to be another eight, eight percent inflation. And that's just not a good combination. It means that input costs for companies are going to go up. And if people aren't getting uh, better jobs, if we're not seeing that the economy is growing, they're not going to have the consumers not going to have the same amount of money to buy those goods from those companies. And that ultimately will bring um, earnings growth down. So, so again, we've had such great moves in the stocks all the way to the recent all-time highs on the fact that these earnings, the earnings growth was incredible because of the reopening trade. Now you're starting to see the reality of after the reopening trade, what it could look like. And again, we're already seeing corrections out there. I mean, Apple's down big. We've seen a lot of stocks come in. I think you'll see bounces, but ultimately I think you're going to go lower. In fact, I would love to show here, um, if I could show my screen, I think it would be really useful here. Um, yeah, you should my... see a little little button. Yep, we yep, got it. There we go. Got so it pulled up. Check this check this chart out. So this is the Nasdaq 100 chart and what's beautiful about this is that you were in this channel for the longest time going really back to the lows in March 2020 and notice how every time we got to the high end of this trend line and I can even zoom out further. I mean, look at how far this goes back. It's incredible, right? All the way back here and further. But notice how every time you got to those highs, you dumped out basically down to the low end of this channel. And that's exactly what we've done here. So you hit the high here. You've sold off to Friday. We hit the low. Or I think it was actually Monday. We hit the low of that channel. You should get some sort of technology bounce over the next week or so. But again, with lower lows and lower highs being put in on the market, that is a change in character and change in trend. And I actually think eventually you're going to go below this upsloping bottom trend line and actually move quite a bit lower. So, so I think a bounce in the near term in technology, it makes sense. Uh, and then I'll look for a rollover below this trend line. Yeah, I mean, that, that's really interesting. I haven't seen that um, chart, you know, and how well uh, the QQQ is responding off those uh, channel lines. So it seems like we're kind of at a, at a line in the sand here where are we going to bounce off that lower trend line? Or if we drop lower, then, then we can expect it to go lower. So I, I have SPY pulled up right here. Um, and and kind of, I mean, obviously it's kind of similar to QQQ, but um, it, it seems like we've, you know, entered this downtrend right here. And I just, I just want to hear your thoughts on if, you know, you mentioned we might see a little bit of a bounce, but that you'd expect it to keep lower. So are you currently short right now, uh, you know, the overall market or specific names or, or, or how are you playing that? Yeah. So, so just flipping up my uh, spiders chart here, um, what you can see here, and this is, this is like the game changer for me. And this is something I've been watching for a long time. If you look at the market, basically going back to the March lows, right? You were just making these higher highs and higher lows. I mean, there really wasn't a lower high made until you put in this high and sold off. And then if you look at this low, lower low, right? And that was the first time that happened since March of 2020, where a dip actually went below the previous low pivot in the market. Then what we saw was a bounce up and you could see here was your high and now we rolled over and it, this was a lower high. So lower lows and lower highs tells us there's a change in trend in the market and that has me overall net short. Now I do have some long plays in my portfolio such as Alibaba, Viacom, which has been frustrating the heck out of me, that one, um, but other Chinese names I have long as well. But overall I'm short, I'm short names like Apple still, uh, I have some some S&P 500 on the short side and some stuff like that, as I do expect moves to the downside in the U.S. equities markets. 
And, and and when you're doing that, like, you know, having, um, you know, S&P short, is that just like hedging your long positions or, or um, are, are you, have you sold any of your long positions? How, how do you, how do you uh, play that? Yeah. So, so I definitely am a long short trader, which means that in my, in my portfolio, I like to have some longs. I always think there's an opportunity on each side of the market. So, you know, for instance, right now I have the KOLD, which is short natural gas. I think we're in the money decently on that one um, right now, but that would be some way of playing a short trade versus being long Alibaba or being long Tencent or being long, you know, some of these other Chinese names. Um, so what I like about that is that you're able to capture. So if the market has a big down day, you ideally get some play on your short trades working for you. But also if you pick the right long trades, those could also be maybe not down as much and your portfolio net increases. Now, this is something that someone with a very small portfolio probably has a little more trouble doing. Uh, but once you get a big portfolio, you for sure want to diversify out. So all your eggs aren't on one side of the market, nor in, in one or two trades only. Um, you never want to put yourself in that position where if something happens to a stock, then you're all in. You take a real big beating on that. Yeah, I mean, agreed. So, so you mentioned short natural gas. So how do you see kind of the overall energy market right now? I see some people in the chat um, kind of going back and forth about, you know, green energy versus, you know, how some countries are doing it. So what do you think, um, I guess, for, from an investor standpoint, uh, you know, what are, what are the good opportunities right now in the energy sector? Yeah, so so natural gas, I mean, it's really a remarkable thing going on with energy overall. So, I mean, we see areas in Europe that are just like no natural gas and natural gas has spiked ridiculously, rolling blackouts in China. Um, here in the U.S., we have a plethora of, of natural gas, so price hasn't risen as much. But one of the things that kind of made me more confident on the short side of natural gas over the last day was that if you turned on CNBC, all I heard was about shortages and how the price was spiking. And I'm a big contrarian indicator. When everyone is talking about what an amazing move a stock has had, or in this case, a commodity, it's usually at the end of the run. If you look at RSIs, in this case with, with natural gas, they've gotten way overdone. Um, so things like that really put me on the short side of that natural gas trade. And so far, it's been working out beautifully. Uh, I think our average price is $6.25 on KOLD. It's at $6.98 right now. Um, I still think we got another 50, 75 cents in it at least over the next day or so as that comes in. And again, I'm, I'm a trader that likes extremes, right? I, I view the market and stocks as pendulums. And so you have a stock that swings too far one way and it gets overbought and it has to swing back the other way and then it'll be oversold. And my goal is to kind of short it when it's overbought and then stay on the sidelines and buy it when it's over oversold and just kind of playing that interim level. I never try to say, well, this stock is going to go to a million dollars. Like God bless those people that have that ability to say, Hey, I'm just going to hold this forever because I think it's going to go up forever. I'm much more of a kind of person that thinks that by scalping or by swing trading small percentages, they add up to bigger moves in the long run. Yeah. No, I, I've got this KOLD chart pulled up. And what I find really interesting about this is as, as we've seen this, um, you know, get beaten down, I guess, while, while natural gas prices were rising, we can see on the bottom here where I have my volume bars, a lot of volume has come in as we got down to this, you know, $6 range or so. And then today we, we've seen that kind of breakout move uh, up, up around 19%. So um, that's a very strong trade there. But, but how, how about more long term? You know, do you have like long positions in any clean energy companies? Or are you more uh, like what you're saying? You think there will just be kind of outflows and inflows um, from different energy sectors? 
Yeah, I, I do think that the long term, I mean, if you're if you're viewing for five or 10 years or 20 years out, Alt Energy is definitely where you want to be. Try to find names like QS, I think we talked about before, which is a potential, you know, new new type of battery for, for electric cars uh, technology. You know, those would be the ones that you would put a little bit of money on because they're really high risk. Like if it doesn't work out, it's, a, it's probably a company that goes to zero. But if it does work out and that's, you know, that company could be the next kind of Tesla type move. Um, so I think that's important. But for me, yeah, I mean, as, a, as an investor, I'm much, my longer term positions, honestly, are like, I have a little in crypto right now, because I think crypto still is going to come down even after the big move here. And then I have some gold. And those are kind of my insurance policies, where if I wake up one morning to the dollar having collapsed, which at some point, unfortunately, I think will happen, um, those will be my insurance for making sure that my net worth doesn't suffer too much. Um, but overall, I'm a much shorter term trader. You know, I usually hold stocks for days, if not weeks, maybe a couple months. That's kind of my general outlook. So with 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 alt energy long term, heck yes. If you have that ability to just sit with it and ride the waves, um, they'll definitely have their big down moves, but they'll also probably net go up longer term. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree 100 percent. I actually have some QS in a long portfolio um, that just like you said, you know, a couple hundred bucks bought some shares and if it if it works out then you know i'll make a lot of money off it if it doesn't then it's not a big deal because it's not that big of a position in my portfolio but i like the the long-term potential nice um so, so i see some people in the chat uh you know asking about your crypto thoughts you mentioned it there that you, you think some crypto still might go down um even after this big move so you so, so you think more in the short term that that bitcoin and and the big uh, cryptos could come further down or, or how are you being that? Yeah. So looking at the Bitcoin chart and let's pull this up here is that basically what we have is a chart of Bitcoin that has had an amazing move over the last week. I mean, truly impressive move, but what you're seeing is Bitcoin has just now gone back to the same upsloping trend line, uh, which we kind of kissed just, uh, I guess that was about a month ago or so, or a little less than a month before we had that last pullback here that took us down to about 40,000. So what I'm watching for here is how does it how does the Bitcoin chart handle this 55ish thousand level, right? And you can see very clearly that this line extends all the way through this high to this low to this low to this high and that's where we currently are hitting. So this is going to be a big telltale level for me to decide whether or not it goes back to 60,000, 65,000 or not. If it can't take this out and hold above it for a few days, then I still think you're going back down. If it holds above it, you could go back to 65,000. But remember, if you look at the previous cycles, right? And this is super important to look at. So let's look quickly at the Bitcoin cycle from 2013. You know, remember this type of price action is very common. So you could see clearly here, here was your high in 2013. You had a big dump, a big bounce, a bigger dump, a bigger bounce, and then eventually you rolled over back to 100, right? So, okay, so that's kind of in line with what we're seeing with these crazy bounces in Bitcoin that haven't taken out that 1,250 from there. That would be the 65,000 as of today. If we look at the 2017 chart, same type of thing. 20,000 high, pull back to 11,000, 17,000, or actually you went up here in between. Then you pulled back to what could be the equivalent of that 40,000. Then you went up to 17,000 before rolling over. So, you know, again, everyone keeps asking me like, well, you know, when does this become different? And the answer is the only thing that those cycles didn't do 
that this one hasn't done yet is take out the all-time high at 65,000. So again, in 2012, you never took out 1,250 until much many years later. In 2017, you never took out 20,000 uh, 20, until 2020. Um, and therefore, what I'm looking for here is the only thing that would change me into being a, a net bull thinking that you could get to that 100,000 over the next couple months is you got to take out that 65,000 level. If that can happen, that that negates all the past cycles. And then you have to say, OK, this could easily go to 65. Yeah, I mean, I think just watching the price action, of course, with, with, with Bitcoin and, and the big cryptos in general, they're just so volatile and traders always want to know, you know, where is this heading? But it's, you know, you can look at the technicals, but it, it, it's hard to know exactly. Um, yeah. And then we, we are running out of time here, Gareth, but I got to ask, you know, we, we've gotten some chats about your setup. Let, let us know what's going on behind your, behind your uh, you know, what do you, do you have at one point one stock on all different screens or, or what's your setup look like on, on a, any given day? So, so usually a couple screens are reserved for crypto, um, for watching crypto charts from my crypto accounts. I have um, a couple stock trading accounts that I trade through. Then I have a bunch of charts for stocks. I run a, ch a chat room every day that I have to show my screen on and so forth. So it's just, I don't think any trader needs this many screens unless you're running a business where you're catering to other traders. And then there's a lot to watch. And that's my responsibility. But that's why I have so many screens behind me. <laughs> Got it. Um, all right, Gareth. Well, we are running out of time today. We've gone a couple of minutes past, but, you know, I love having you on. So, uh, you know, I'll talk to Brian. We'll find a time to get you on again, maybe here in a couple of weeks. Any, any other, you know, tickers or anything else you got your eye on? Um, I think, I think again, my, my, honestly, my biggest holdings right now are China stocks, um, DOYU, uh, TME, IQ, BABA we've talked about. So I think for me, again, I'm looking for the Hang Seng to bounce, the Shanghai to bounce. And again, that's where my longs are. My shorts are generally in the U S markets. And I think again, for the most part, I, I'm just looking for that, that move up in the Chinese name. So we'll see if by the next time I come on, if we can have some gains in our Alibaba holdings. <laughs> Beautiful. All right, Gareth, we're looking forward to it. Um, and, and enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. You too. Thanks for having me. Of course. All right, y'all. That was Gareth Soloway of In The Money Stocks. I'm going to drop the link in the chat um, if you haven't checked it out already. And, and yeah, I mean, so coming up right now, we've got Get Technical with Neil. Someone was asking, oh, it's BioNoob, BioNoob. Um, we do have Get Technical coming up right now. This stream will automatically redirect you there. So do not go anywhere. We will answer all your technical questions in the chat. If you've got any tickers that um, you know, we want to check out, let us know on get technical and, and without further ado, let's go ahead and get technical. Did you know nearly all stock price changes of 10% or more result from a single news headline? That's right. News headlines have a unique ability to drive stock prices up or down. These news catalysts create trading opportunities every day. All you need is a little help to reach out and take them. And if you're looking to grow your portfolio, it doesn't matter if your investment budget is small or big. An easy-to-read stream of news headlines will increase your opportunities to profit from price changes in the stock market, consolidate a knowledge-based investment strategy, and grow your portfolio. All you need is Benzinga Pro and its powerful news alerts, price tracking, and portfolio monitoring to make a positive change in your trading performance. We've already helped thousands of retail traders across the world, and they could not be happier. Increase your market knowledge, boost your exposure to big movers, 
and make informed trades before major price changes. The opportunities are all around you. Subscribe now and we'll skyrocket your portfolio today.